caveman Dave wants a nice cave and wants to have a nice car outside my cave and wants to have underfloor heating and a jacuzzi out back. That's all nice, comfortable things. But the reality is the best thing for me is probably out hunting mammoths. Welcome to Delta Pod. In this episode, we are going to be talking about a film I produced almost three years ago, almost to the day, I suppose. Yeah, and it's called The Snowden Nomad. And it's where I swam across Snowdonia with a backpack, fully self-sufficient. The idea being that, or the hypothesis being that because of society and our jobs, that combination can create an adventure debt. And back in 2020, what had happened, we'd all been locked down, our horizon had all shrunk, we'd all been told that we had to stay at home, we couldn't go out, we couldn't, our horizons couldn't be what they used to be. And so we have this adventure debt, and like any debt, if we don't pay it, someone's going to come and start taking things off you. People, people are going to come and ask for that debt to be paid. Um, and I think this is more of a mental weight on our head. So we have this debt, this adventure debt, and we need to pay it. And so in 2020, I decided, right, I'm going to pay this debt. I'm going to go and... Two, two elements to it. There's one, doing the challenge, and two, trying to build a story around it. And that was actually quite an interesting creative challenge. And I spoke about creation versus consumption and how actually I think we need to be creating more. But the actual challenge in itself was going out and pay. I'd, I'd pay in the debt. I'd been working from home in a very comfortable environment. I'd been out doing my fitness. and But otherwise everything's warm and I'm not exposed in any way. I'm, there was no risk. And so I needed to find an adventure. So I'm going to get myself up to Snowdonia. And the plan is to swim and run from the southern aspect of Snowdonia, as far north as I can get in two days. So in 2020, I escaped the lockdowns. I live in England and I had to cross into Wales and Wales has kept closing the borders. So I fortunately timed it so that we managed to get a weekend and say we, I, I ran it fully self-sufficient, but I had my dad and my brother shooting drone footage and get some other footage um, following me along for two and a half days. We got into Wales for like the last weekend before we then went into another lockdown towards the end of the summer. So we managed to get into Snowdon and the premise was I was going to start at point A and see how far I can get in two and a half days. I basically had a weekend. And for me, that, that there's this whole concept of the nomad in my head. Like, What is a nomad? Well, a nomad is someone who's going from point A to they don't know where, they're just going on a journey, right? And so it's you have you carry everything you need with you you're not coming back to point a you're going away from it and so i can't have things in my nice house i can't don't have base camp like base camp is what's on my back or what's if i suppose a more traditional nomad what my camels can carry or what my horses can carry but crucially my life's going with me right and it's it, we're all moving together and all i want to do as well as in this podcast is really just talk through talking points Right, and, and please watch the film. It's on the Delta Pod YouTube channel. There's lots in it. It's about 24 minutes long. Lots of beautiful shots of Snowdon, Snowdonia, and me getting hypothermia, and me losing my rag, and water getting in the bag, and all my kit getting wet, and some jeopardy, let's put it that way. But there's seven things. Seven things I just want to talk about, which having watched the film, and one of the first things I discuss in one of the first scenes is I talk about holiday versus adventure. And they both have a role, right? We need holidays and we need adventures. I think actually I've been guilty of turning my holidays into adventures and then not having any holidays. 
And I can put, I, I say this truthfully that, that I, I went on holiday to France um, about three months ago and that was my first holiday since I turned 30 and now 36. So six years. So I've not had a proper holiday. Go away, just chill, drink wine with your mates. I've not, I've not done that for six years. What I have done is I've been away and run up down mountains and got cold and, and all that good stuff, which is great. And it is a change of environment, which I think is perhaps what a holiday requires a bit of a change of environment. But adventure is something different. So let's not confuse holidays and adventures. An adventure, for example, I think needs to have a few ingredients. It needs to expose us to some risk. Maybe not you're going to die, not, not the 50-50, will I die, will I live type thing. Um, but there needs to be some risk. And on a holiday, you don't necessarily have that. It has to have some discomfort. And that might be associated, associated to the risk, but it might be to do with, like in the film, it's to do with getting out of cold water and, and it's beautiful, clear skies. But actually, the temperatures weren't that hot um, and there was a wind. So the the temperature change was, was my discomfort. Um, and that was on the first day. I So I swim up. Barmouth Estuary which is an estuary at the southern end of Snowdonia and I'm racing against the tide and I, I'd planned the tide to, so there'd be, I thought there'd be plenty of water but I was swimming faster than the tide so I got up the estuary faster than the tide did because we were, I was going with the tide and I ran out of water so I was trying to swim in like a foot of water and it just wasn't possible and then I'd get up and I'd be like running down the middle of this estuary with just like a wind tunnel and I'd just be getting colder and colder and colder and I did swam basically swam for about 4k and then tried to do the runny bit find a deep channel for about half an hour and I was just and I said in the film I have to get out and rather than swimming it should have been a 6k swim it was a 4k swim then I had to run the last little bit and it's an interesting one right and I suppose going off on a complete tangent in adventures you have to learn to think on your feet and you have to be able to adapt and be able to right well that was my goal but if I push through to that goal then I'll probably get hypothermia and I might be able to finish my strategic goal so let's adapt the plan let's get out get get moving and a, and a key thing I think I learned so I did a lot of fell running as a teenager um, or like mountain mountain marathons and, and just being out in the mountains running and the all main one of the main control mechanisms to stave off hypothermia is movement and food so if you're not moving and you can't eat you're going to get cold um, and so I, I realised that I needed to get moving so the adventure, there needs to have some exposure to risk. There has to need to be some discomfort and requires some exertion, some physical exertion or potentially mental exertion. Like, can I have an adventure indoors? Well, probably you can probably find some risk and you'll probably find some mental discomfort and some, you have to do some mental exertion. I would then say, I think there needs to be some level of physical exertion, but happy to be debated on it. So... You can go on holiday, but that won't necessarily pay your adventure debt. As we go through this, think, do you have an adventure debt? Is life super comfortable and are you pressing into life? Are you kind of pursuing the colour of life? Joy. I talk about this in the film. Like, Actually, without a bit of that risk, exposure, exertion, realising joy is quite difficult. And we have just because we're comfortable doesn't mean we're fulfilled and have joy in our life. And I think we're hardwired to want comfort. Caveman Dave wants a nice cave and wants to have a nice car outside my cave and wants to have underfloor heating and a jacuzzi out back. That's all nice, comfortable things. But the reality is the best thing for me is probably out hunting mammoths. 
Well, that's probably why I feel most alive. And I, and it, for me personally, I feel most alive when I'm out doing things, exerting myself and perhaps testing myself. So joy shouldn't be confused with comfort. And actually a bit of discomfort might deliver a bit of joy. Packing our bag. So there's a little shot in the film where I kind of do a top-down shot of everything in my bag. And so I'm running, carrying everything self-sufficiently and it's in this big waterproof bag. We, have, we all have houses. I'm in my house right now and it's just full of stuff. And that like, grates for me a little bit, the fact that my house is full of stuff. And I love to kind of fully embrace minimalism. It takes a lot of effort. When you're running or when you're carrying everything, you can't carry all your distractions and all your comforts of life. And actually, you really focus in on the comforts you really want. So I remember making a decision around what jackets and clothes am I going to take? And I said, I'm only going to take this one blue kind of warm jacket. And that was it. That was my one bit of comfort. And so... It got a little bit wet towards the end of the film, but actually still every time I pull it on, it in my head, I was like, that's my comfort. That's my bit of warmth that I could kind of look forward to. I didn't need a big house and jacuzzi and a nice car, right? I just needed that nice warm coat. And so having the restrictions of having to carry your life on your back is a really, and so I come from a military background and I've done this a few times, but it's actually an interesting concept, right? It simplifies life so much. And you come back to the real world and realise, I don't need all this stuff. Like, yeah, it might be nice to have, but I don't need it all. And it kind of, I, for me, it's like a cleansing of the mind. So think about it. If you were to go out and go on a big adventure now, what would you carry in your bag? And how does that make you think about all the stuff you have in your life? So point four, embrace suboptimal moments. I do go on a bit of a rant in the film about how we all, there's all these kind of marathons and triathlons and stuff, which are nice, but they're, when you turn up to them, they're like organised within an inch of their life and actually there's no suboptimal nature to them. Yes, you're going to hurt during the run potentially or the, the whatever, the event, but it's not suboptimal. Whereas getting out in, getting out in the wild, going on a mountain marathon, going doing something like a nomad, and that's what I would call this. I've been on a nomad where I carried my backpack and I went out for two or three days. You're going to have to brace the suboptimal. And I think that that builds resilience and you can bank that resilience. And I'll talk about it in a bit, resilience and discipline. But this whole thing about we need to embrace and pursue suboptimal environments because that, that helps us grow. Point five, what's the plan? We all have a plan, and I've mentioned this already. We all have a plan. Sometimes we don't execute it and we just need to see it through and just execute our plan and think about, right, there's, in the film I do a night swim. I hadn't planned to do any night swims, but I said that on day one I was going to do two swims. Um, I hope to get to the night swim faster, but because of the ground, it was really bad. So I got there late and it was dark. So I thought, well, I'm going to make my tent and I'm going to go for my swim. So I went for my swim, made my tent, went for my swim, still got in, got back and got it done. But swimming, I tell you what, swimming through, it was dark and it's black water, it's all peaty water. Swimming through that is an alien world, right? All I could see was a torch on the other side of where I was getting out. I was just swimming towards that and it's just blackness. Um, and it's cold and it's like a sensory overload but once again suboptimal moment and like a real a real so something I'll tell my grandkids about like a real moment found through pursuit and executing the plan the plan was I'm going to do, do two swims I'm going to do two swims even if it's nine o'clock at night number six just do I, I think there's this, this concept of we are machines think of yourself as a machine right I need to feed the machine I need to prepare the machine I need to give the machine rest or charge it through sleep. Like how am I looking after the machine? 
And I think because I prepare, I kind of prepare the machine in going up to this adventure. And then I wasn't necessarily fueling as well as I was. And that's why I started talking about the film that I had, I'd, I'm, I'd done lots of running um, on the second day, but I hadn't eaten enough. And I could start to feed it. And I was like, right, hang on a second, you're not eating. You haven't fueled the machine. It's not your head. And I, as soon as you get a little bit hungry, your head starts to go and like, right, stop, eat your food act like a robot for a little bit, right, oh, funny thing, bit of sugar, some food, I'm back in. So you've got to feed the engine, but you've also got to train the engine. How can we think like robots or think like I'm an engine? And then the last point I just want to talk about is discipline. And I think there's this whole piece around discipline is a transferable asset that I can, like any asset, I would invest in it, it becomes an asset, and then I need to leverage it to my gain. And so by going and doing these adventures, by going and paying your adventure deck, by going and having, being a little exposed to some risk, having a bit of discomfort, exerting yourself, all those things require discipline. You're banking it for a moment in life when you absolutely need it. It might be a tricky situation at work. It might be something in your family life, whatever, but there's going to be moments where you need discipline, but you also need resilience. And I think those two are closely linked, not the same, but closely linked. And so how do I bank discipline so I can transfer it into another moment in life. And, I, and I've spoken about this before, but there's lots of areas where I think we can bank and grow discipline so we can use it later and later on or as required. So invest in yourself, go do some hard stuff, go build some discipline. And then just some questions for you to think about. Do you have an adventure debt? Just think about it. When's the last adventure you went on? When were you last exposed to some cold or some extreme heat or some hunger, those kind of things? When were you last away from comfort? When did you last really exert yourself? Those kind of things allude to adventure. And I, and I, and I don't want to prescribe adventures having to be outside, but I think get out in the mountains, get out on the coast, do something which is going to expose you. And so, yeah, do you have an adventure debt? Really think about it. Look at your life. Are we in a very comfortable space? You might not see this as a problem. This might, you might be like, well, I've got a very comfortable life. I'm very happy with that. Well, I would just say, well, perhaps go get some perspective on that. How do you know? That? It's a very comfortable life. Brilliant. You're happy. Let's get some perspective. Let's go and grow some discipline, build some resilience. Second question. Right, so let's say you have got an adventure debt. Looking at your life, what does an adventure look like? Now, I've ex- explained the nomad and this concept of going out in a self-sufficient manner, but what does an adventure look like for you? How can you go and pay your adventure debt? I'd love to know, actually. Like, what, what, how would you pay your adventure debt? Does it mean day out, day out swimming in the sea? Does it mean long walk with a dog? Does it mean four nights self-sufficient in the Arctic? What does it mean? Um, and obviously there's levels to how extreme things are. And then the last bit, which I haven't really touched on yet, is in the la- on the last day of the, the run, you'll see I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. And there's a piece here around, I need the last day, might be a bit tired, legs might be a bit tired. And I just wanted to not take things too seriously, not let the, the heaviness of it get on me. I was like, right, get my morale garment on. And that, that Hawaiian shirt has been everywhere. I, I got it in Belize when I was in there, there with the army in 2010, 2010. And I've had it since then, so it's 13 years old. And it's been through my entire military career and I've still got it. And so every time like, things are a little bit hard, like I used to in the army when I was out with my lads, um, they just, I'd put it on, I'd be walking around like the patrol base in Afghanistan with a Hawaiian shirt on. No, no, no 
pre pre warning, and it just be this moment of why you wear why you wearing a Hawaiian shirt, and just a little smile which brings a smile to people, right? It lightens the mood. And so when we think about morale, morale is important, builds resilience, but also just helps us be happy and build positive affect in our life. How will you build morale in your environment? How are you bringing morale rather than sucking morale out of the situation? That's it. That's just a little recap of the film. Please go watch it, share it, tell your mates. Um, there's a blog on deltapodblog.com uh, talking all about the Nomad and like, a bit about the format of it. And you know, have this podcast, just walk through a few things. That plus the film, hopefully you'll start to go and embrace paying your adventure debt. All the best.